morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever time of day it is, wherever you are joining us. We are so thankful and excited that you are here with us on the Hope Rising Ministries podcast. My name is Alex, and with me is the Trey. Trey, what's going on, man? How are you doing? Alex, what's going on, man? Hello, peoples. Man, I am uh, incredibly excited for many reasons uh, right now, one being the fact that we are Season four of the Hope Rising Ministries podcast. If you've been a regular listener and you've kept up with us for a while, then you know that we've we've been on about a two-month hiatus, just kind of taking a break in the seasons and really getting ready, trying to prepare for what the Lord has next for us. And so we're excited to be back, uh, to be recording another podcast. And one of the one of the best parts of that is I'm actually looking across the table and I see Trey in person in the flesh, not just on a screen. So I am excited that now the Lord has allowed us to have a space and a place where we can meet and connect in person to record and really excited and thankful for that. So um, I'm, yep. I'm pumped for this episode, but you know, Trey, catch us up. How's, how's everything been going for you? How's the family? What's, what's life like? Well, um, it's doing pretty good. Um, I've, I've, until I got to sit down in front of you to do a podcast, I had no idea how much you talk with your hands. <laughs> but I just think it's funny. I think it's very adamant and cool. So you just keep going, okay? Yeah, man. Um, you know, uh, I've missed you know just like being with you mm-hmm. uh, on on the air and doing you know just talking about uh, Christian related things, Jesus related things. Uh, so I'm really excited to get back going. Um, you know, the family's good. Um, daughter's working now, trying to find her a car, which used cars are not uh, cheap these days. Amen to that. And um, and Joshua is about to get signed up for baseball, so this is his second Come season on. of baseball. There we go. So he's going to have a blast with that. Absolutely. So uh, how about you? How you been doing? <laughs> Doing good, uh, you know. Had a very busy holiday season, which is which is a blessing in itself. Getting to spend time with family and just get to enjoy uh, that time together, and, and some really great food during Thanksgiving and Christmas holidays. So, I probably gained you know a good five, six, seven pounds maybe uh, during that time. But that's okay. Me as well. Uh, I think it, you know you're kind of supposed to. That's that's why everybody has the New Year resolution, and you get starting working out and losing weight. So. Um, you know, it's been good, uh, just trying to, trying to, you know, stay focused on what's next and what's coming up for 2023 and just looking ahead to, to what God has for us. And so, you know, family's doing good. Nate's in school. He's loving it. Really excited about it. And you talk about baseball. We've, we've been looking at, there's a, uh, there's a, a three-year-old, I think it's three and four-year-old, uh, T-ball league that is, we we're considering signing him up for so i'm excited about that because i just want to i want to get him involved and honestly i'd I'd love to help out and coach or something you know of that nature we even talked about um there's a couple of soccer leagues and stuff we might have a blast might try to get him get him involved in but looking forward to that yep so speaking of new year's resolutions um i saw a cool little sign on a church the other day it was just a you know it was just a little a quote on, on their signage outside, mm-hmm. and I don't want to botch it, but let me let me think it, <laughs> let me think of it. Um, it said, instead of New Year's resolutions, try daily devotions. Mm. I was like, man, that's pretty good right there. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> amen like, to that. It's like, man, 
Maybe my New Year's resolution should be to never miss my daily devotion. There you go. Honestly, I mean that's that's a pretty good resolution. And if you can, if you can keep that consistency, it goes a very long way. Um, so yeah, that that's a good one. And if hey, how about this? You know, for anybody who's joining us and listening, what's your New Year's resolution? for yourself this year, maybe for your family or, or something of that nature. Share with us. Let us know. Send us an email at info at hoperisingministries.cc. Or if you happen yeah. to be on Facebook, go to um, facebook.com slash hoperisingministriessc. Look us up there. Send us a message. Leave us a comment. We'd love to, to just hear um, and connect with you. And, and if there's anything else that we can do for you, any questions, thoughts, or prayers, send them our way. We'd love to, to connect with you. Yeah, and let us know if, like, you've already goofed it up. You know what I mean? <laughs> right, right. So, I mean, I, the reason I say that because I've already messed some of mine up already, you know. Yeah. That yep. weight I was going to start to lose. I've had a month to do it, and, <laughs> right, right. and nothing's come off, you know. Yeah. And, and and trust me, you're not the only one that has, you know, possibly fallen behind on your resolutions for yeah. the year. So, hey, and guess what? There's a lot of 2023 left, so you can still catch up and still stick to those Um you know, so, and, and speaking of sticking to something, it's funny, that's an interesting segue into our topic today, which is a pretty big topic, honestly, and something that I think has been um, at the top of the list of a lot of conversations, especially over the last couple of years with the pandemic and everything going on there. But um, is the American church in decline? Here in America, is the church in decline? And if it is, what is what does that look like? What does that actually mean? Yeah, well, it looks like it is. Yeah, yeah, and, and I mean, there's there's a lot of things you can look at. There's a lot of metrics and trends and projections and things that are out there. There's a lot of numbers that you can consider, um, whether that's you know church attendance, whether that's churches closing, whether that's you know, just the amount of people who are actually members, quote-unquote members of a church. Um, and all of those numbers, I would say, for the majority of churches out there, especially in, in America, are declining Yep. and have been for, for several years, not just in the last couple of years, but yep. I think it's been highlighted and, and, uh, and expedited a little bit at the rate that it's happening over the last couple of years. Right. So, you know, it's, it's been attendance, a church attendance has been declining rapidly since like two, uh, 2000. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, now if, if you were to look at it on a graph, you would see that when the pandemic hit, that it really took a nosedive, yeah. right? Cause a lot of people did church from home, uh, virtually whatever. So, so to put this in perspective, let's say in 2000 that your congregation was 137 people, mm. okay? So in 2020, two, two decades later, it's now 65, mm. okay? That's a big hit. <clears throat> Excuse me. So it's a big hit. So um, since the 90s, there's been a lot of people who have backed away from religion mm. and describe themselves as either atheist or agnostic or really nothing in particular. Right. 
No, no religious affiliation whatsoever. <clears throat> so, what's what's going on? You know, why why is this happening? Mm. Um, why do we see a sharp decline in church attendance? Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and I think there's a lot of lot of factors that have um, caused that decline that we're seeing. And, you know, you, you talk about the um, decline over the last 20 years or so. There was a, a research study done by um, Pew Research Center, and it was done, it, it was based off of um, 1970 and projected through 2070. So basically a 100-year span that they've, they've kind of right. gathered the data for and, and have metrics around. In 1971... 91% of the U.S. population would have said they were Christians or they went to church, a Christian church. 91% of the population. Could you even imagine that today? That, that'd be no. nuts. But in 2022, well, actually in 2020, they did a study and only 64% of the American population actually would say they were Christians or went to a Christian church. And <clears throat> that is already a drastic decline, right? Almost 100% down to nearly 50%. Right. It's so 30% of that say, well, I'm sorry, not 30% of the 64, but mm -hmm. the like almost the rest of the people <clears throat> right. say, I'm just not affiliated with anything. Exactly. Which is period. Which is mind blowing. <clears throat> it's mind blowing to see how quickly it has started True. to swing. And and be opposites yeah. in those numbers, but yet then when you, you know, living in this time now, you just turn on the TV, you yeah. read the internet for a little bit, you you see it yeah. everywhere, um, and you already sometimes as a Christian, like I already feel like the minority, you know, even though that number says sixty four percent, it doesn't feel like 64 percent right, right. and we'll talk about why that is in, in just a little bit but they've projected that by 2070 so basically in about the next 48 years the the percentage of americans or you know u.s citizens people within the u.s population that will actually say they are christian or go to a christian church will be between 35 to 46 percent less than half Less than half. So you mentioned the early <clears throat> 70s, right? Yeah. So in the early 70s, I'm six, seven years old. Mm. And we all, we, everybody went to church. Right. I remember. I mean, <laughs> just about everybody went to church. Yeah. There wasn't a whole lot of people on my block that didn't go to church. Right. Okay? Um, the ones that did, um, those were the heathens, right? Those were the people. <laughs> right, right. Like, I mean, I'm telling you, this is the ones that didn't go that stayed home. They didn't cut their about. grass on Sunday and right. went to movies on Sunday. Yeah. Oh my gosh! Yeah, that's my grandmother talking about. <laughs> it's not me. So, there's not. I don't know if uh, if uh, cutting grass on Sunday is covered by Paul or Jesus. <laughs> right. So, I'm not even worried about that. However, it was it was a given. It was expected in society that you were affiliated with some sort of religious activity mm -hmm. or congregation or um, Episcopalian or Methodist or Baptist or Presbyterian or Catholic, whatever, yeah. right? Or independent or charismatic, whatever. Um, but now all that's like 
the, the most the most of the people who have dropped out are young adults. Mm. Okay, um, which is logical because my grandparents aren't alive anymore, and they went to church every single Sunday. Right. So, as as the older people go through the progression of life, and the last time I checked, the mortality rate is a hundred percent. There is no escaping it. You will pass away one day. Mm-hmm. So what do you do when you're here, right? So all these um, older generations who have darkened the door of the church, it's not really a good way to put it, who have lightened, <laughs> right. have lightened the door of a church every Sunday or mm. on Wednesday, um, they're not here anymore. Yeah. yeah. They're not here anymore. Yeah. Um, so odds are every generation that comes along, you're going to lose some more of that. Right. Okay? Right. So, in 2023, here's here's where we are. Yeah. And um, a lot of people, a lot of young people who were polled say that they really disagree with the political and social views of the church. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. And I get that. I mean, look, when I was a young whippersnapper, I had my opinions, and <laughs> I thought I was right all the time. And of yeah. course I was, right? Yeah. Uh, however, I learned the hard way that that's not true. Um, so when, when you're slightly rebellious as a young person, yeah. it's really hard to humble yourself and accept teaching Come on. Yeah. from the Holy Spirit from the Lord. Oh, absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. I mean, even now, I, 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 I was about to say, even, even <laughs> like, now, I just struggle with I that mean, today. I don't, yeah. Sometimes, I mean, we, we've talked about this before in past episodes. One of the reasons we don't read our Bibles is because we don't like what it says. Why do we not like what it says? Because it shows us who we are and it shows us that we're not right. And it shows us that we need to get on our knees in our hearts and repent. Yep. And yep. say, Hey Lord, I have thoroughly sinned. Yeah, that and that's you know that's one of the things that we talk about. You know, some of the problems with the church today is that the Holy Spirit reveals to you your wickedness, how bad you and I are, and, and I say your just kind of like broadly, mine, everyone's. It, it reveals to us our filthiness and how dirty and sinful and just bad we truly are and so it's in that that there's that uncomfortableness right like who enjoys identifying and, and acknowledging how bad you are but that's where the grace comes in the love comes in from christ and what he did to die for our sins and it's that acknowledgement of we are filthy and we are wretched, and we need a Savior. And so people don't want to acknowledge that they are bad. They they believe, no, I'm, I'm inherently good. I'm a good person. I'm kind. I do this. I do that. And so nobody wants to acknowledge that they are, you know, bad. And that's where the churches that are truly preaching the gospel and preaching the word, people don't want to necessarily go there because they know that the Holy Spirit is going to call them out. Yep. 
their toes are going to get stepped on and nobody likes that. And so that's where there's some issues in the church today is some churches and pastors have swayed more to, I want you to feel comfortable and I want you to be happy when you're here at church. Yep. And while that is nice that you want people to feel comfortable and to feel good, you can never feel better than acknowledging your sin and your need for Jesus Christ and knowing what he did for you. You will never feel better than that. Yep. So one of the reasons to hash that out, one of the ways to hash that out and figure out how this is done is to meet with people yeah. who are believers. Yep. And regularly meet with people yep. who are believers. There's there's something um, there's something about Confessing your sins one to another mm-hmm. that brings healing and yeah. forgiveness. And um, I tell you what, if there's two things that this this country needs, this world needs, is healing and healing. forgiveness. Amen. I mean, come on, man. Amen. Um, so, real quick, you just said you just harped on something that that struck a chord in me, and I, I want to read this out of out of Second Timothy. Mm-hmm. So, what happens when people? really are anti and really don't like the message that God has. Right? Mm. Um, so this is Paul writing to Timothy. And Paul kind of looks at Timothy like his son. Like a spiritual son. Like a yeah. spiritual son, you know, because yeah. he kind of raised him up in the, in the faith. And uh, he says, this is in chapter 4. We're going to start with verse 1. In the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who will judge the living and the dead, in the view of his appearing in his kingdom, I give you this charge. Now, this is serious. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> he says, I'm telling you something. You re- you need to write this down. <laughs> right. Preach the word. Mm. Be prepared in season and out of season. Correct, rebuke, encourage, with great patience and careful instruction. For the time will come when men will not put up with sound doc- doctrine. Mm. Instead... To suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching Mm. ears want to hear. And they will turn their ears away from truth and aside to myth. Yeah. A hundred percent. Right? Yep. Yep. And, and, you know, it's funny you read that from from Timothy because as, you know, we have been sort of preparing for, for this and this discussion, one of the... One of the passages that stood out to me was another one that Paul wrote to Timothy in 1 Timothy chapter 4. And in verse 1 it says, Now the Spirit expressly says that in later times some will depart from the faith by devoting themselves to deceitful spirits and teaching of demons. And that doesn't just mean you're going to a church or to a building that says we worship Satan. But rather that is also included in things that are not the word of God that are not aligned with what Jesus teaches that people will be led astray by following these other teachings. And that's where we have to understand like what we're seeing happen to the church here in America today. Um, you know, obviously the church is bigger than what we experience here inside the, the United States, but what we're seeing is not or should not theoretically be surprising 
Like we should not be shocked because we see here in Scripture that there are warnings of people leaving the church and leaving the Christian body of believers to go do these other things, to hear what they want to hear. Yes. Not what God's Word is actually teaching. That's true. So so we shouldn't be too shocked. We shouldn't allow it to cause us anxiety or worry per se. Right. But I do think in that there's some things that we can do and that we're called to do because we're we're here and made for a time such as this. Mm-hmm. Not to just sit aside and say, well, I've got my Jesus, so that's all I need. But when does the light shine the brightest? When is the darkest? And so this is an opportunity and there is a season that we are in for us as Christians, as followers of Jesus Christ, to be the light that we have been called to be, to be the city on a hill, to give people hope and the healing and the forgiveness that you talked about earlier. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so, so let's look at, we're talking about the state of the church, correct? Yeah. So in contrast, let's, let's look at the state of the world. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, <clears throat> now, Paul also writes to Timothy in 2 Timothy 3, and he's going to give him a list of things that are quite awful. Um, and these things have been prevalent since the fall of man. Mm-hmm. This is nothing un- new under the sun. However, as time marches on, through history, tomorrow, the next year, the next year, everything I'm about to read is worse and worse and mm. worse. It's it's to the point to where sin is not afraid. Right. It doesn't appear to be afraid anymore. <clears throat> people are not. People do not cower um, ashamedly right. to teaching anymore. The truth. They don't care about the truth. And that's going to get worse and worse and worse. So here's what he says to Timothy. Now, when he says in the last days, that's since Jesus ascended until now. We're in the last days. So he says this, chapter 3, verse 1. But mark this. There will be terrible times in the last days. People will be lovers of themselves. Now, that's a Greek word that's only used this right here in the New Testament. It's never used anywhere else. But mark this, there will be terrible times in the last days. People will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of good, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. They have a form of godliness, but they deny its power, have nothing to do with them. Now, um, it's, it's increasingly more difficult for the church especially here in this in the western world to stand on her own two feet and act like the church 
when all this is going on around her. It seems such. It seems like all this stuff I just read is is just taxing greatly on the church. Right. Okay? So what do we do about that? Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, one of the reasons for the decline in the church <clears throat> is because the teaching's not right. Yep. And I mean that in general. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Not not every every church necessarily is is I would say softened their message. But there have been many who have softened their message to cater to the crowd, to the majority, yeah. so that more people come in to hear what they have to say. Um you know, and that's that's where we get it wrong as those who, you know, do teach and do preach is that we're not called to adjust the message for the people that are hearing, mm-hmm. but rather we are to stick to what God's word says and preach in truth and preach fully what it teaches. Um and that that is where I think there's a lot of people there because what ends up happening is you see people shifting away from the church because the messages are empty. They're just not getting anything out of it because it's not truly being taught in obedience to the Holy Spirit. So people are just, you know, they're they're not sticking. And the other I think is you see people come in that just want a place where they feel good. And they only want to hear the messages as long as the pastor is preaching what they want to hear, they're okay with it. So they're not there because of Jesus. They're there because they want their ears tickled because they yeah, want to feel good. I don't have any I don't have any qualms with people coming to church just to feel good. I don't have any qualms with people coming to church just to put their feet up because they're tired all week. Yeah. They just want to sit there and get fed some 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 scripture. Yeah. I'm good with that. At least they're there. But the problem is if they're not learning, if they're not hearing, if they're not getting taught, if the pastor is not preaching God's word, then it does them no good to be there. So why do you think that there are many, many, many pastors? I'm not picking any of them out. I'm just saying there are a lot of teachers who water down the gospel. Why do they water down the gospel, Alex? Because they're afraid of people to push back when they feel uncomfortable. When you step on someone's toes, like physically go step on somebody's toes, what's their reaction? It's probably to push you back, to, you know, take some offense towards you for making them feel uncomfortable. Well, pastors don't want to feel that. You know, they they don't want to offend anybody because that's the big thing now, right? You don't want to offend anybody, so you got to be promise careful. You. What you I say. promise you, the gospel is very, very offensive. <laughs> Absolutely, but and we, I didn't write it. I didn't come up with it. Yeah, but you when know? we water it down, then it becomes easy to swallow, and people are okay with it, right? Because it's not really pressing in on their issues. It's not highlighting what's wrong with them, um, and where they need correction. And so, you know, that's that's one of the reasons that pastors are not being obedient in teaching maybe in the way that they actually should. Right. So we, so if, if a pastor has watered down the message, that's the easiest way I can mm-hmm, put it. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that all these are true about an individual. Some of them may be. Right. Just one of them may be. Right. Either they're involved in sin 
anyway, mm. or they are ashamed right. of the truth, or they are fearful of what man might say because exactly. of the truth. Exactly. Okay, so let me let me give you a little snippet of what Paul said about that. <clears throat> I am very eager to preach the gospel. I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God for the salvation of everyone who believes. Yes, and amen. For in the gospel, a righteousness from God is revealed. Mm. Now look, we we just said a minute ago that when I'm reading my Bible, it shows me my own righteousness. How does that happen? Because God's righteousness is revealed. (laughs) That's how that happens. Okay? So a gospel... The gospel, a righteousness from God is revealed, a righteousness that is by faith from first to last, just as it is written, the righteous will live by faith. Mm. Come on. Come on. And, and as, you know, teachers and ones who stand before <clears throat> congregations and groups of people to preach God's word, we should be obedient and faithful to steward that calling. Of yep. teaching and, and preaching and and don't don't get me wrong. I can understand where pastors and teachers when they want to sort of shy away from the harder stuff, right? The stuff that you know people are gonna push back on. Like I understand the the human nature to kind of wanna step away from that, but you're we are doing more harm when we shy away from it in disobedience than the uncomfortable pushback that we may have to face and experience when we're obedient. Um, Yeah. You know, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of Christ. Mm. It doesn't say that faith comes by hearing from a watered-down gospel. Okay? It just doesn't. Amen to that. Faith... I'll tell you how a faith gets sparked by hearing the truth. Mm, come on. Yes. Okay, the truth. Yes. Listen, the truth is rough and it's hard, but it's 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 oh. pure and it's <clears throat> Let me tell you something else about the truth and Jesus said this, the truth will set you free, my friend. Come on. It is <laughs> it will. It is it is difficult. It's uncomfortable and it hurts, but it is the best thing in the world. Yeah. It is the best thing in the world yeah, that's true. because it reveals to us God's love for us yep. in Jesus Christ. <clears throat> and, you know, you, you talked about, like, hearing the truth. That is one thing that churches, not every church actually preaches. Not every church, just because they call themselves a church, yep. actually preaches the truth. And it, it made me think about from uh, Matthew 24, verse 10. It talks about, you know, being led astray by false prophets and whatnot. And, but it says this, And then many will fall away and betray one another and hate one another. You were just talking about that a minute ago, about how people will turn on each other. And then it goes on and says, And many false prophets will arise and lead many astray. Not a few astray, many astray. And because lawlessness will be increased, the love of many will grow cold. But the one who endures to the end will be saved. And we are saved through the truth of the gospel, which points to Jesus and reveals again to us. Like that's the thing that if you're listening to this, if you get nothing else out of it, understand that you are a sinner. Trey is a sinner. I am a sinner in need of a savior. 
And guess what? We're not in need of something that doesn't exist, but rather we are in need of Jesus who has already came, lived the perfect life, and actually paid the penalty for our sin and then rose in victory against both sin and death so that we could then have life mm-hmm. and, and share in that victory with him. So those who can endure and hold on to that truth, that's the ones that will be saved. Yep. Not those who are led astray by the false teachings. And that's where we have to be careful. Those of us who you know, are, are part of ministry, um, Actually, even those outside of, you know, like organized ministry per se, whether it's like a, a ministry like ours at Hope Rising or if it's a church, like even just individuals who would say they are followers of Jesus Christ, we have to be careful of what we listen to. And then also we should be careful of what we allow our brothers and sisters to listen to and to be taught so that they are not then led astray as mm-hmm. well. Um and we should speak up and speak out against the things that lead us astray. Okay. Not in an aggressive, like, you know, hateful, hurtful way, but in a way of love and compassion for one another. We should be able to identify and then acknowledge and have those conversations with people that we love so that they, in turn, are not misled and misguided. Right. All right, so I'm going to reel this back in just a little bit, okay? So one of the biggest booming markets today is the real estate that a church is on and the building building that's on the lot. Yeah. People are buying those in droves. Yeah. And and a lot of people keep it, uh, they don't turn them into strip clubs. Right. Some do. Yeah. And I've seen the opposite. I've right. seen strip clubs turned into churches, okay? Yeah, yeah. But, so, why are all these churches closing? What does it have to do with what we've created? Mm. Like, how, what has the Western mindset done to the church? That's a great question. Right? Yeah. So, um, okay, here's some of the stuff we've created. Pastor salaries. Mm. Multiple positions in the church. Listen, I'm not, don't get me wrong. Yeah. I'm not harping on this. I'm just saying this is what's going on. Mm. And it ain't working. Right. Large budgets, etc. Um, these cannot be sustained or maintained without substantial ties and offerings. Right. It's gotta happen. Yep. Um so this this leads a lot of pastors to either A quit, B relocate, or shut down their doors or all yep. of the above. Yep. Right? Now this is for another. This is for another time, mm-hmm. but I'm just telling you, my view on pastors going from church to church yeah. is not biblical. Mm-hmm. You will not find a pastor in the New Testament that relocated because he didn't like his pay. Right. If right. that just stung you, I'm sorry. I love you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, also, the larger the better. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Um, that's the mentality. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the larger the better. Just to clarify, better. that's the mentality. The mentality. Of the, so we, know, we've accepted the premise that a strong, healthy church mm. is a large one, mm. yeah. right? Yeah. And that the good pastors have the best paying congregations. Yeah. They get the best jobs. That's good. Right? Are good they? Point. I, I, don't, I don't care. If, I mean, what is a good pastor? Yeah. 
To me, a good pastor is the one who will stick to what God's Word says and will teach you the truth every single time <laughs> well, you gather together. Well, amen, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> so, so even after the pandemic's over and everybody's kind of got back to quote-unquote normal, air quotes, mm-hmm. um, attendance is still down 15 yeah. 20%. Oh, yeah. Okay? Yeah. So what happened to all these people? <clears throat> um. I think so, there's go ahead. there's a there's a lot of a lot of um, points there that I think have caused the numbers and you know percentages and benchmarks not to be where they were pre twenty twenty, um, you know, and one that that stands out to me is just the ease and the comfortableness that comes with, you know, what I don't feel like getting up, you know, getting ready and driving to to church this morning i'm just gonna sit on my couch i'm just i'm gonna watch it like i'm still i'm still you know quote unquote attending church i'm still getting the teaching i'm just i'm just gonna do it from my couch right here what's the point of me having to go to when everybody was scared including me Mm -hmm. i didn't know what was going on right yeah during that first few weeks when everything was shutting down and everybody thought we was getting everybody's gonna get sick, and just kill over. <laughs> right, I didn't know what to right, do. Yeah, so no, I was like, "Yeah, I'm watching it from home." And don't get me wrong, like in that season and in that time, what the churches were doing was applauded. And, and we, as a ministry, I mean, we had a a um, you know a, a a video session where we had people in positions at different churches to talk about how they were reaching those who were, you know, not ready to go back into, yeah. you know, large crowds and whatnot. And so like at the time it was great because you would on Sundays, you would see hundreds of churches streaming their services on social media and different platforms. Like that was awesome. That was great. But the problem is now two years later, the people who are like, you know what, I'm just more comfortable sitting at home. And that's their easy out. It is. Rather than going and, and gathering together. And that is the big look. They they took that's the big missing piece. Here's here's something that every human being on planet Earth has in common. Mm. We are social creatures. Yeah. As much I mean, mm-hmm. I know there are there are examples of people who are introverts and right, hate getting right. around anybody. I get that. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, we are social creatures. Yep. We need the eye contact. We, we need were, the yeah. hug. We need the handshake. Okay? Mm-hmm. We need to touch. We are a touchy people. We were created for fellowship. Mm-hmm. I mean, Adam and Eve. Mm-hmm. Adam was not mm-hmm. left alone. Why did God say he was creating Eve? Why did he make Eve? To have a suitable helper for Adam, a companion. Exactly. Come on, man. <clears throat> right. And that's that's what we forget today. In today's age, where technology allows us to be isolated as much as we could possibly want, you could not leave your house for seven days, and you could get groceries, you could get medicine, you could get supplies. You could do whatever you you could order food from just about any restaurant without having to leave your house and technology and which technology is not bad. I'm all for technology. I love technology. But people have started to isolate themselves and, and be 
a recluse rather than wanting to go out yes. and gather together. So I got a confession. Mm-hmm. All right. So after after the pandemic was over, or, yeah. or be, you know, people were starting to come outside again and <laughs> right. see the sunshine and go to go to parks and yeah. walk on the trails and whatever, go to church. Mm-hmm. Um, I stayed out of church for a little while. I, I fell for it. Yeah. Um, and and I don't know what is worse, me not not going to church for a couple months, or not a single soul reached out to me and asked me how I was doing. What was I doing? Why aren't you in church? Not one person. Yeah. I'm not blaming anybody. It's my fault, right? Mm. But would I have reached out to somebody? I don't know. Right. Yeah. So in other words, one of the problems that this has caused is the lack of accountability these mm. days. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. The accountability <clears throat> is almost gone. I mean, we were shut off from each other. Yeah. And, and, I don't. I hate using the word weak, but the uncertain pastors uh, buckled. Yeah, they buckled. Yeah. And um, the 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 country club atmosphere that many churches have created for themselves over the year suddenly didn't mean a hill of beans, mm. Alex. Mm. That wasn't. That, guess what? That just kind of fell apart because. Yeah. That's not where the truth is. That's not what helps you at all. Yeah. So if, if you're drawing people in with ideas and different systems other than the word of Christ, then your church is in trouble. Absolutely. Amen. Amen. And, and I think, you know, uh, there's almost, <clears throat> it made me think about this when, when you were talking about that. It's almost like in the season of the pandemic, <clears throat> Maybe it was a plan. Maybe maybe it wasn't. You know, we, we can have a separate conversation on the purpose of of why that season happened. But in in regard and and the lens of viewing the church, maybe there was a shit, uh, not shifting, a sifting that was happening of the false teachings and the truth, right, and shaking up of the. Un, the unfundamental teachings and beliefs that churches held to, mm-hmm. um, where it was more about the numbers than it was about the relationships of the people in the congregation with God our Father. And it was more of we have a hundred people that came this Sunday versus we had 10 people that came. Let's celebrate that we had 10 people and we got to share the gospel with those 10 people. And we got to disciple and to teach. And so maybe, you know, maybe in that season there was a, a shaking up to get rid of some of the the mess that was distracting and misleading mm-hmm. churches, pastors, That's right. and congregations alike. Um, but, you know, to me, in that season of, hey, we'll just do church at home now, People are missing out on the big factor of those relationships that you have with one another in the church, Mm -hmm. the fellowship there. And I think that's one thing that we must push for is it's like the teaching that you get at church is great, but the fellowship is another huge important part 
of the Christian life. Right. Because just like you said, we're made for that relationship with the fellowship, the encouragement, the love, the accountability, those who can come alongside you in good times and bad times. Like we need that as people. And you automatically lose a huge part of that when you choose not to attend a gathering yep. of Christians. So some of those some of these people that don't go anymore, they just didn't really find what they were looking for. They didn't find what they were searching for. They didn't know what they were searching for. Yeah. So one of the problems of today's church, and I mean this in general, I'm not talking about your church. You might have a great church. I hope you do. But the church has turned inward, mm. not outward. Yeah. Okay? Um, our hearts don't long for what God wants anymore. Uh, we've forgotten that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of Christ. Yeah. We are far from the first century church. Yeah. Yep. So what do we do? We hold true. Um you know, as those who <clears throat> are involved in the local church in some capacity, um, those who, you know, as, as followers of Christ, find it part of our calling and part of our, our purpose to an extent um, to strengthen the body and the other members, to continue to encourage people to meet together. And not to forsake that opportunity. And then as those who teach, as those who preach, I think it is even more important now to actually hold to what the gospel says. To teach and preach what the Holy Spirit leads you to, not mm -hmm. what makes the majority feel comfortable mm -hmm. and at ease. And we just have to hold to our faith and what we were called to and understand that we don't have to be afraid of this time and this season and this place that we're in, but rather we have the one who has overcome all. And our victory is in Christ, not in what this world has for us, not in a trend, a projection, a number, a status, or anything that the world has to offer. But rather, this is not something that we should be afraid of, but rather we hold to our faith and continue to share the gospel mm -hmm. in the way that we live and treat one another. You don't have to be a pastor or someone standing behind a pulpit or on a stage every week to be able to share the gospel. You do that in the way you live, the mm -hmm. way that you communicate and, and um, interact with your coworkers, mm -hmm. with your fellow students at school, with the people you work with, with the people you play sports with. Whatever that may be, that's, I believe how we continue to move forward and be that light in the darkness mm -hmm. so that more people who either have drifted away or maybe those who are part of that number that says, hey, I have really no religious affiliation whatsoever, mm -hmm. they start to see, hey, you know what? Things have been kind of crazy for the, the church, but these people, there's something about them. There's something different. There's something special I want to know a little bit more about that. And then maybe they do come and mm -hmm. check it out. Yeah. But I, I think that's that's a big part of it in, in my opinion. So this isn't in my notes, but I just want to touch on it. Um, I, I think that the, the Western church has allowed the political and social issues mm. to infiltrate her 
Um, so much. Listen, I'm not saying that these things aren't important. I'm not. Yeah. Okay? But let, let me tell you something. Let me just put it in perspective here. Um, you're watching a politician on TV. And this politician is double-minded mm. and two-tongued. Right? Yep. And that, that really makes me angry when that happens. That's right. Okay? Um, however, if it, if it bothers you more that that politician is an advocate to kill babies mm. than it does that that politician's heart is dead inside mm. and needs Jesus and has no hope, Oof. which one bothers you the most? Yeah. Mm. Right? That's I mean, I'm telling mean. you right now, I don't like somebody being a proponent of right. killing babies. Right. I don't like that. Yep. It's wrong, and it riles me up. Yep. But but that person who really, truly believes that is it, probably lost and mm. has has no meaning yep. except something they've made up in their head. Yep. They have a false hope. Mm. they got nothing going on. Come on. Now, does that bother me more? It should. Yeah. Okay, so that being said, <laughs> sorry about that. I'll no, get off my soapbox. That's good, man. Preach it. I'll get off my soapbox. Okay, so we're going to wrap it up here. Now, is is the church in trouble? Is she in trouble? Is she in danger? <clears throat> if we're talking about the Western perception that we've created of church in America. Yeah, that might be in trouble. Yeah. But is Christ Church in trouble? Absolutely, Absolutely not. not. No. No. Um, look, I don't know. You don't really have to know Greek um, to know this, that the word church is not in the Greek. Mm. It's just not. It's a, it's a German word that means the, the actual place where people congregate. Okay. When Jesus said, upon this rock I will build my church, mm. it's translated church, but the Greek is ecclesia. Yep. It's a gathering. gathering. It's an yep. assembly. That's all it is. <clears throat> yep. It's an assembly of like-minded believers who have been who were lost but now are found, who was blind and now can see. Yep. Right? So he also said right after that, the gates of hell will not prevail mm. against my church. Amen. Ain't no way. Amen. And he also says in John 6 that he will lose none of all that the Father brings to him. Now, if the Savior of the world who rose from the grave and is still alive today says that he's not going to lose anybody, then you bet he's not. Yeah, 100%. So we, we have to keep meeting together which is actually commanded by the writer of Hebrews in chapter 10. Yep. Uh, let us hold fast to the confession of our hope without wavering, mm -hmm. for he who promised is faithful. Yep. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and to do good works, not neglecting to meet together, mm -hmm. as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. Amen. All right. Number one, the church is not in trouble. 
Number two, we need to pray that the church's heart begins to to yearn for the salvation of yes. people they're mad at. Yes. Okay? Yes. I mean, do you know how mad I am at one of the top politicians in this country? Mm. But you know what I do when I'm taking Josh to school? Pray we for pray him. for him. Come on. Yeah. And and sometimes that's hard to do. Yeah. But I, I pray, Lord, please help the leaders of this country turn to you and repent. Come on. And do the right thing and, and start telling the truth and, and, and live by the truth. Come on. And hey man, I'm not the one that I'm just praying for it. God's the one that can do that. And and let me just do a uh, a shameless plug here. For anybody listening, go to divine.tv, uh, listen to the sermon from this past Sunday, uh, January 29th, on that topic right there, authority, and how we as Christians are to handle authority, because um, I think that's that's a big part of it. But you're talking about you know continuing to meet together. Something else in, in Hebrews, you, you read from chapter 10. I want to read something from ver- from chapter 3, verse 12. He also, the, the author also writes, Take care, brothers, lest there be in any of you an evil, unbelieving heart leading you to fall away from the living God. But exhort one another every day as long as it is called today. I love that. As long as it is today. Exhort one another. That none of you may be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. For we have come to share in Christ. Christ is that which unifies us. That is the, there's so much division in this world, but the thing that will unify us is Christ. If in, if indeed we hold our original confidence firm to the end, that's how we continue to move forward as the church. Yep. <clears throat> and so, you know, one thing I, I would kind of, as we're wrapping up here, I would leave with as encouragement. Isaiah 41, verse 10. Listen to this very carefully. So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Nowhere in there does it say, Trey, you'll do it on your own. You'll make it. You'll survive by your own willpower and strength doesn't say that about Alex. It doesn't say that about any single individual, but it says that the Lord our God will uphold us and will strengthen us and will help us in our time of need, no Mm -hmm. matter what that season may look like Mm -hmm. or how difficult it is. We can rest in that promise right there. And if you're listening to this and you've been hanging out with us, and maybe it has caused you some anxiety of what's happening in America and to the church in America and you're you're worried about it or you're concerned or you have some thoughts that you want to share or questions you want to ask, reach out to us. Send us an email at info at hoperisingministries.cc. We would love to have those conversations with you, pray with you and do whatever we can uh, for you or reach out to us on Facebook at Hope Rising Ministries SC. Send us a message, leave us a comment on one of our posts. We'd love to connect with you. And maybe you're looking for a church that you can get plugged into so that you can start meeting together again or for the first time with a a body of uh, Christ followers, the believers. If you want to do that, we'd love to connect you wherever you are with a church in your area um, that is 
truly teaching and preaching the gospel and the good news of Jesus Christ and being obedient to the Holy Spirit and what is being taught there. And so we'd love to help you uh, make that connection and get plugged in there to a church near you. So just reach out to us, let us know. Uh, we would we would love to, to help you and serve you in that capacity. But as always, thank you so much for hanging out with us. Thank you for joining us. Let us know if there is anything we can do for you. And Trey, thank you so much. Enjoyed it, man. Really excited to be back together and yep. can't wait to see what God has in store. Yep. But thank you all. God bless. Yep. And we'll catch you again next time. Peace out, peoples.